And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond Rich. How we doing? Jordan, we've got a lot to talk about. Oh my God. So much to talk about. Joint practice, preseason game coming up, uh, the guests that you have that invaded uh, your, your space. Uh, I know it's been a tough, it's been a tough day, Jordan. I don't know if I've had a more Monday Monday, to be quite honest with you, Rich, than since I so I can't remember the last time I had a Monday this Monday. Yeah. To be frank. Yeah. Made some new uh <laughs> wait for it. Acquaintances. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> training camp. We we've reached the uh I would call them the dog days of training camp, but they're more like the ant days of training camp, right? Jordan? Well, I actually like dogs, so <laughs> If anybody follows along on Twitter, uh, Jordan Jordan did not have a great Monday. Um, the uh, the ants have have moved in with her. They were not invited, but yeah, uh, I think yes. you're going to get through it. They were unwelcome tenants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're already right. off the rails. We're already off the rails. You are. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move on to something that have might have more legs to it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Jordan. All I could do is laugh, Rich, because I would just cry otherwise. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Jordan, what is going on? Let's let's not uh, let's not wait any longer to talk about it. What is going on with the Rams at center? Because we knew coming into the off season, or at least going into the OTAs, Austin Blythe gone on to Kansas City, needed a new center. Everybody presumed it was going to be Austin Corbett. The Rams talked up Austin Corbett. Austin Corbett got first team reps after first team reps after first team reps. And then we get to the joint practice on Saturday and welcome Brian Allen. So Jordan, what's going on here? Yeah. So, all right. Privately and publicly, it's not just, not just sourcing, continuing to reiterate things as the game gets played throughout the spring of free agency. Publicly and privately, um, multiple Rams people who are, are in a position to not only know these decisions, but make these decisions have been flat out bullish on Austin Corbett moving to center, right? Austin Corbett, who had not played any center for the Rams, did play some center in Cleveland, obviously has experience doing it. Um, moving from right guard, where he is an outstanding player, um, moving into the center position following the the loss of Austin Blythe in free agency. And 
in doing so, totally leapfrogged over Brian Allen, who had spent the the last year recovering from a pretty gnarly knee injury that uh, took a while for him to to get clear from, first of all, and then also then kind of get his strength back. So Austin Corbett, and and I'm just outlining this because this is where this is just where we're at. Football is not binary, as we know. Football changes daily. The moving pieces within a team change change often, and I think in a it does teach us a lesson that until you see it, well, it certainly teaches me a lesson um, that until you see who suits up in September, week one against the the Bears. You just don't you just don't know, even if it's again, clearly like so bullish and not just bullish, but you have the data to back it up in that Austin Corbett is taking every first team rep with Matthew Stafford in the spring, whether it's snaps on air, whether it's snaps in a sort of a, a semi live setting. They obviously couldn't go full speed in the spring, whether it's warm up snaps, whether it's a few snaps after practice. Every single one throughout the spring, right? Austin Corbett even coming into camp so confident in being able to lock in that center position that he just flat out said, yeah, you know, answered yes when I asked him if he thought, you know, he could clearly secure that position through training camp. Um, But on Saturday... And this is after a day or so, you know, they had had one practice in in pads or excuse me, two practices in pads prior. Today was their fourth day in pads. They had had one, you know, two days in in pads against themselves and then one day in pads against the Dallas Cowboys um, in Oxnard on Saturday. And after that day on Saturday where Brian Allen did play center and first team center and snapped the ball to Matthew Stafford and I'm being told, you know, noticing this and and asking around about it. As you know, we're all we're all out there on the field together, so it's a great opportunity to ask questions about what the hell is going on. Um just had drew some of the most praise internally of any lineman who played against Dallas on Saturday. Um but follows that up by taking and and I'm not exaggerating when I say the majority and, and Sean McVay can say, oh, it's 50-50, it's 60-40, but the majority of snaps at first-team center on Monday uh, snapping to Matthew Stafford and look good doing it. I mean, really, I, I'm not knocking Brian Allen at all because this is this is the case where we're going to get into this, Rich. This is a case where many things are going to be true at one time. And I have a column that just went live tonight over at The Athletic that illustrates this and please read it to the end because I think it's important to have all the context in this. And I know that quotes are going to be aggregated and blurbed out there on blo- and all this stuff, but like just, just, you know, this, this situation is fluid clearly. Um, because Brian Allen looks good playing center and he, he looks actually kind of nasty playing center. And that's the thing that the, that the Rams Kind of liked it's it's this is what I'm getting the sense of. Kind of kind of was a little bit nasty in the middle there, um, in terms of the tenacity with which he was playing with, and he looks stronger. So I'm still sort of like processing through this entire change because again, this is like a second change at a major position in the last five months. You know? Yeah. 
Um, you're right, Jordan. It's a great way to put it. There's a lot of things that can be true at the same time. And I think where you want to get to if you're the Rams is you want to have the best guy at that position. I know that's Captain Obvious, you know, saying that. So, But, but that is the goal. The, the process can take you in a lot of different directions. But when you get to week one against Chicago, you want to have your best option in that position. So whatever the process is that gets you there, um, it, it, it's worth it as long as you sure. find the right person. Um, that said, this is really strange. This is really, really strange the way that they have approached um, this. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the other maybe asterisk that we might want to put on it is, you know, Jordan, you've now put in, well, I don't even want you to count how many hours you've put in, you know, between watching OTAs and mini camp and Every, now training I have camp. not missed a single day. You have not. So however many hours that is on a field, uh, Jordan's been there for every one of them. Uh, but there are still things that we that we don't see. There are, uh, you know, walkthroughs that, that are closed to uh, most reporters. And there are other things that, that we don't always see. So we don't see everything. Even, even somebody who's there for everything like Jordan is doesn't get to see everything. So we don't, we don't know everything. But from, from what Jordan has seen and what other reporters, whatever has been made available, um, they made the decision early on to, to go with Austin Corbett there. And there didn't seem to be a whole lot of, of doubt or a whole lot of... Uh, no, there was not. You, no. And Rich, I'm sorry to cut you off, but there was nobody in that building, at least, you know, pe among people who I spoke with, it was like, you have a new offensive line coach who comes in, you're in these meetings, and collectively, the football personnel people, football evaluators and coaches and personnel people they decided, and this is not, this actually happened. This is not conjecture. They right. actually decided collectively, they believed that their best five was going to go Andrew Whitworth, David Edwards, Austin Corbett, Bobby Evans, and Rob Havenstein. And that's what they ran with. These guys all showed up in the spring, the veterans who did not have to be there in order to get the, the rhythm going with this specific lineup. And now here we are. Two days left of camp. Two days left in camp, August 9th, and a huge change. Um, Jordan, I have a couple questions. And, okay, and I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to put you on, on the spot here, but I'm, I'm asking you these questions because I, I again, you've watched everything and, and you know more about this team than, than, than anybody. Two questions. Are you surprised that they didn't give Brian Allen more first, excuse me, any first team reps at center throughout OTAs just to see what it looked like. Um, and part two, is there any part of this that's about Bobby Evans and that this is a chain reaction kind of domino thing to where, oh, Car Corbett needs to play guard. So we got to put Brian Allen at center. Um, I'm not, I, those are legitimate questions. I'm yeah. not, I'm not trying to lead anybody anywhere. I'm just, I'm wondering if either one of those, if, if you're, if you're following me on either one of those. Yeah. So, and, and I think those are both great questions because they lead into my con kind of conclusion that I'm drawing from this. And again, boy, have I learned <laughs> over the years not to draw any concrete conclusions. I'll tell you what, this is a small aside. The one concrete conclusion that I have drawn about anything football related 
and stuck to my guns on it and really just kind of like sat down in that gap (laughs) was last year that the defense was going to be badass. And I said that not only to you, but on this podcast and in my column, the first week of camp when I stood behind the secondary for the entire week and watched them kick the crap out of the offense. And I said, oh my God, this defense is going to be special. And I have not seen what, I've never seen anything like what they're running before. And there were days that Cowboys game, parts of that Cowboys game, I, you know, early in the season, we're figuring stuff out. Like I definitely was like, ah, maybe I'm going to have to eat my words on this. And then they figured it out and it, they were badass. All right. I thought that I was going to sit down in my gap on Austin Corbett too. And I, I think there, there may, there's a very real scenario where I am wrong about that, Rich. And like, oh, that's fine. I mean, we're, you, you're, you're always going to be wrong about as much as you're right in this, in this field and all of that. But, but all of the evidence, <laughs> public and private, pointed up until the end of last week, including that Friday and then the Cowboys scrimmage, pointed toward Austin playing center. Okay. And then they even tried Brian Allen out at guard. So at right guard on the second team. So here, here's what I think to, to get back to your question. And I'm just, by the way, guys, I'm just coming off the practice field right now. So <laughs> thank you. This is just, if, if we sound like we're just like way making a big deal about this, like it's just cause I'm, I've still got all this adrenaline flowing through my brain right now. Um, and I'm, I'm very sweaty. Um, <laughs> But there's no ants, so it's fine. Um, So to answer your question, Rich, I think it's a lot of things at the same time. I think that it is in part because the Rams think that Austin Corbett is a better option at right guard than Bobby Evans, who in him in his own right is not a bad right guard. It's just that they thought they think that Corbett is better. Okay, so now Bobby Evans and Joe Noteboom are both in that like no man's land behind starters at their respective positions. Okay, so then. Maybe they also felt at the same time that it's a less risk to play Brian Allen at center than it would be to not play Austin Corbett at guard. Okay. Then I think at the same time that it could also be true. And I wrote a column about this like two weeks ago. It feels like a million years ago at this point, but it may still have a little bit to do with the direction their run game will go behind Daryl Henderson versus Cam Akers and that gap power stuff. Now I'm, I'm Sean was adamant. I asked him directly. He was adamant after practice that they're still going to be able to do the same stuff in the run game again. Like now at this point, man, have I learned, I got to see it first (laughs) before I'll believe it. But it may also have a little bit to do with that, but also we really cannot undersell and, and I, honestly believe this from people I talked to all around training camp um, on Saturday and today. It's like, we can't understate. Brian Allen has battled to not lose this spot. Like he, he was not giving this spot up without a freaking fight. And you can see it. Like I watched him all day today in his one-on-ones against the D-line. I watched him um, when he was taking those snaps, which is how I know that he is not in a, like he's he took the majority of the snaps to me that means something two days with camp before camp's over that means something to me like this is a guy who was actually 
seem to be the like actually the odd man out enough that I put him as someone who is sort of quote unquote falling in my column early last week. And by the end of the week, he has completely, I mean, he switched into another gear, in my opinion. I mean, the dude is battling in there. So yeah, I yeah. think it's all of those things at the same time. Right. And it also, we, but, but maybe largest of all that we cannot discount is like, he has fought to keep that spot. Right. And I think he understand like, it, this is a very competitive guy. And remember, this is a guy who's lost that job once already and, and not, uh, you know, that there was an injury factor in there also. But, you know, things things weren't going real well for him at the, at the start of that season. Um, so he's been in this situation before. And, and he's also certainly smart enough to, to look around and know that, uh, you know, with, with the ability that some guys have to play different positions, things like that. I mean, there's nothing is guaranteed. Uh, not even a roster spot is is guaranteed. And I, I don't think Brian Allen was in danger of not making the roster, but I also don't think he was super, super, super secure. Uh, if you're, if you're not a starter, you're, you're not secure. And, and up until a couple days ago, I guess, uh, he, he wasn't a starter. So I, he's certainly smart enough and savvy enough to know that, uh, if, if you get an opportunity like that, yeah, you, you better jump on it and you, you better, you know, you, you better take advantage of it and not give it, not give them an opportunity to take it back from you. And, and uh, it certainly sounds like that's what's gone on the last couple of days. Jordan, I, I just maybe like this is this is, is why we make such a good team on this podcast is you're you're you you're, you look at things optimistically and I think I look at them pessimistically. <laughs> but but I'm just wondering why this wasn't looked at um, a couple months ago. Uh, there, there was no reason why. The, you know, during uh, OTAs or during minicamp, I mean, that's that's the time that this stuff is is there for yeah. is to try out some of these different looks. And the, the fact that the Rams were seemed so certain about this uh, just it perplexes me a little bit. And now going forward, there's not going to be a lot of time. And when you talk about Jordan, as you so eloquently do often, the offensive line and, and the five fingers in the glove uh, and, and that sort of thing. Look, you're not going to see uh, uh, Andrew Whitworth in the preseason. Uh, you're probably not going to see Rob Havenstein in the preseason. I don't know how much of that offensive line you're going to see at all. Uh, you're not going to see Matthew Stafford taking first team snaps. So just the amount of live reps uh, that these guys are going to get together between now and the start of the season uh, I, I don't know. I, I look at Brian Allen's a guy. Obviously, he's started before. He's experienced. He's been around the league. He's not a rookie. He's not unfamiliar with the guys that he's going to be playing next to because they've been teammates for a while now. But um, I don't know, Jordan, to to be doing this now, uh, it it, uh, it it raises a little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, and I am an optimist, so I think part of it is. You don't know what you don't know until the pads go on. And there's no bigger tell than at in the trenches for that. Like, you could tell a lot about DBs, receivers, even quarterbacks, um, running backs. You could tell a lot about them with when they don't have their pads on. You can tell a lot about the way they drill, the way that they rep, and the way that they, um, you know, kind of navigate the space around them, the way they catch, the way that they, you know, make plays on the ball. 
but you really cannot tell much about your offensive lineman if you're not in full contact and you're not in full pads. So I think if if we're going with this, right, if it really does ultimately come down to Allen, I do think that um, part of it is, yes, um, he has impressed in pads. And, and I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not just saying that because, you know, it's – seems to be the trending direction right now. Like I, I'm a surprise, I'm surprised as anybody probably is, but oh, anybody other than Brian Allen, but this, I mean, he looks good. Like he looks physical. He looks tough. Again, he looks kind of nasty out there. Like he's, he's kind (laughs) of, he's, he's, he's hitting and putting hands in places and he's just like, he's going after it. Like every snap he is going after it and they're not even still technically full contact, but Saturday he was getting after it against the Cowboys. And, um, so, you know, you don't know what you don't know until these guys go into pads. Um, at the same time, I, I still think they genuinely thought (laughs) what their best combination, like if they're, they're saying this all the way back in freaking what March, right? Into the draft, putting Corbett at center because they did not know still how Brian would come back from the injury. Right. So he was like a non-variable. And I'm not saying that as an insult. Like he just was not a variable because they did not know still how he would come back from it. Right. But like Corbett, believing Corbett could play center and then having, you know, just in case Brian Allen could be depth and then also, hey, we have Coleman Shelton who we really like and he could be depth. Like- they didn't draft a center. <laughs> I know. They were con- they were they were that adamant and convinced and so it's kind of like, you know, I I don't I don't think it's a case like first of all, I I want to point out there like I don't feel misled. I mean, I feel wrong, <laughs> but I don't feel I don't feel misled or anything. I really think that this just is a combination of all those things that we mentioned before. Right. And a big part of it is when the pads went on, their eyes opened a little bit. And I also will mention, I'm not saying that Corbett, I think Corbett's played really well at center. I will say, though, there were a couple of botched snaps. And I'm not saying that's a huge emergency, you know, sound the siren and the air horn right. kind of situation. Right. But during the first week and a half, there were a couple of botched snaps. And, and you know, you just don't, you're not really used to seeing that. So, you know, it maybe they said, hey, let's try this other guy out. Hey, we have pads on today. Holy shit. He's kicking the crap out of people. Yeah. Also, we this yeah. means we can keep our guy that we like at right guard. Ultimately, whoops, we can we can put him back at right guard because uh, sorry, we wasted your time in the spring at center, man. But like, I, but really, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I will say, Sean McVay was so adamant, like had that sort of um, like uh, just like radiating Brian Allen today. Right. Yeah, I, I I wasn't there, but in, in even just in reading his um, quotes, having you know been a, a fluent in in Sean McVay for quite a while, um, I I can read between the lines pretty easily on some of the stuff that he's saying. You know, Corbett's going to be a guy. He's going to be on the field for us. It's just a matter of is it at center at that right guard? Yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> I've I've heard enough of those quotes over the year to know that he's not going. Sean isn't going to say that sort of thing when he when he hasn't made up his mind. He knows he knows what he's going to do. Um, it's just shocking that. 
uh, and, and again, I know it sounds like people are probably going to listen to this and say, oh, you, you know, you're piling on the guy, you know, you're, you're you know, the, like he can't change his mind or anything like that. That's not, no, that's really can. not what I'm. That's the thing about football. And that's the thing that we need to remember. I'm sorry. Again, I'm yeah. interrupting you, Rich. No, but no. Man, the adrenaline's going right now. Ah. I feel like, I feel like Brian Allen in pads <laughs> right now. Um, no, but I, really, I mean, stuff is so fluid. That's like the, the one thing is like, we just, we just can't deal in absolutes, I think, ever. You know? Yeah, no, and, and I agree. And, and you, you raise a great point with the, you know, that it looks different in pads. And and that's certainly true. And, and you know, there, there's also the great point of uh, does does the running back situation change the offensive line situation? And, and it very well could. I'll, I will fully admit I am not smart enough uh, in terms of offensive linemen to know uh, what that change means, whether that's better for Daryl Henderson, uh, whatever it may be. I I will fully admit that I, (laughs) there are, there are people much, much smarter than I am uh, with that sort of thing. It's just, it's just a little bit odd to me, Jordan, that you, you have, again, you have the whole off season and you know, you, you don't even, you don't even get a look at it um, to, to see what it might look like because that to me is the time now really, it now really isn't the time. I, I mean, I know Brian <laughs> Allen has has been a starting center in the NFL before, so uh, so I'm I'm not saying that it's going to be a disaster or that he's going to be a, a, a disaster, and especially if he continues the way that he's been going, this could very well, uh, you know, work out just fine for them. Yeah. But now you are switching two guys. You are putting guys, uh, you know, back at, at positions that they know, but that they haven't played and, and mentally they haven't been preparing uh, to, to play these positions either. So again, I'll, I'll end where I started, which is that if, if this ends up being the best option for them and, and this is the best unit that they that they can put on the field for week one, then it's absolutely what they need to do. They would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't make this change right now. Uh, but I just wonder about the process and, you know, what led them uh, to, to such a dramatic change. So, yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I, I, I can't wait to see as a neutral observer, Jordan, I can't wait to see uh, kind of how this whole thing plays out. Yeah. And I think there are questions to be had for a guy like Kevin Carberry who's in the first year on his job and like this this has happened, you know, the Michael Scott snip snap snip snap snip snap snip snap. <laughs> Do you have any idea? The toll the three vasectomies take on a person. Great line from the office as you guys have tweeted that gif at me often today. So uh nice. I, in terms of the center switching in and out. Um so it it I think there's there's some questions, obviously, because, um, you know, who's the voice in the room that's saying that's mm. leading the charge in this? And then who's the voice in the room that's leading the the pivot? I mean, it's yeah. just very Rams, though. Right, Rich? Like, I guess I, I understand it's like, well, what? You know, a pivot? What? But it's very Rams. <laughs> like, they are not afraid to pivot <laughs> at the 11th hour, like, right. clearly, right. and kind of go all in on something else. So I wouldn't be surprised. Here's the thing. Again, guys, let me reiterate. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I do know that a pivot like this at this time in camp with no injuries, like because it's not even a factor of injuries, like ni- neither of those guys is hurt. Right. So a pivot like this that's not due to injury is like certainly means something and it's very telling. Um, but again, like usually that's the case. Um, right. But also usually the guy who has repped all spring and summer until about four days ago as the starter in a position ends up being the starter in a position. So yeah. Um, yeah. basically what I'm saying is everything is ephemeral. 
<laughs> and one day we will all be dust. <laughs> yes, even ants. <laughs> even ants will cease to exist at some point. I take solace in that. Yes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So I've, I've been Mr. Negativity for the last uh, a few minutes here, but uh, there's another position that I would really like to address. Oh, two positions, actually, but they kind of tie in together that um, I think are, are fascinating on a positive side and I, I think are coming together really well, but I still have questions about them. And that is inside linebacker and outside linebacker or edge rusher, depending on how you want to uh, define it. So um, I know it's not two other groups that that you've watched quite a bit just on how those rotations are going and uh, loved your pieces that came out over the last couple of days here, both uh, looking back at that uh, Rams Cowboys uh, scrimmage on Saturday. And then also the second part of, uh, I guess we're calling them the, the kind of the risers and fallers in, in training camp. So uh, Jordan, can you kind of walk us through where they are with, with those inside linebackers? Because it does seem like they're starting to pair off a little bit. They're not necessarily the pairs that I thought they were going to be. And I don't mean that as a negative, by the way, um, because I, I'd like to get your perspective on kind of who is is stepping up there in the inside spot and maybe how how those guys are playing off each other when, when you talk about pairing them off, because that's something you've talked a lot about over the last couple of months here is it's not just the individual player, it's it's putting those guys in pairs. So what what have you kind of gleaned um, here over, over the last week or so? And and maybe what can we even expect, you know, go, going into Saturday's uh, preseason game against the Chargers? 
Yeah. So schematically speaking, I think um, you you might see more of where Raheem Morris will leave his stamp on the defense via the way that he will scheme these these inside linebackers up. And and I will also add this group has the the top guys in this group actually thoroughly. This group has really impressed me in camp. I would say they've been among the most consistent. Um, I'd say the receivers also, but that's kind of a given. Um, and I think that as a whole, completely top to bottom lead guy to the back of the roster, these guys have been actually the most consistent in camp. And this is night and day to what I saw last year in training camp when you're sitting there and watching Brandon Staley's scheme around them um, to alleviate some of the pressure of the position itself. Um, you had less experience, obviously, with some of those guys. You had a lot of injuries that they were dealing with. You had no depth because of the injuries. And then also because Brandon just started using extra safeties because it was working for them. And this year, you're going to see, I think, a difference in that regard. Like, I still think they're going to be heavy on the safeties and especially their sub packages. But um, I think you can be more confident and play more confidently with these inside linebackers. And specifically, to me, the starters still are Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young in tandem with a lot of Troy Reader coming in as well. And that's really what I've been seeing. However, the interesting shift here is that it has seemed to me that when there are single linebacker packages, you know, if they're in a different, maybe a different front um, or they're dialing up some sort of pressure option, um, Kenny Young has been getting, I think, the most reps at at inside linebacker in in whatever design. I mean, he has been all over the field. And I think that that's impressive. He has been in the backfield a lot, especially when they were scrimmaging um, the Cowboys. He made three stops, I think, probably more, but I couldn't watch the defense the entire time. Um, but he he made a couple of stops during that, that day and was just moving laterally really well. He gets in the back. He's getting in the backfield, um, diagnosing things really well. And he's he's leading. I mean, teammates are looking to him, rallying to him. It's very clear by talking to coaches that he's taken on more of a leadership position. Um, Micah Kaiser, you know, he looks healthy. I know that was a concern last year. He looks healthy and he's just been solid in that in that spot. Um, and, and so I think and, and Troy Reader has actually, you know, looked more explosive. They are to me so far playing him in his sort of happy place, which is like kind of tighter in the box. Um, you know, kind of not super far back in the second level, short field stuff. That's kind of his happy place. And so, you know, he's been playing really well. And those three guys are, you could tell that they're confident because of the experience. They had sort of a baptism by fire last year. And Raheem, I think is, is Raheem Morris is confident in them as well. And then that's not to take anything away from Ernest Jones, who's had a heck of a rookie camp, seems Seems like he's been out there for forever, and and you know I don't know exactly everything these guys have to process and and work through every single day, especially as rookies. But he seems really comfortable out there, really confident. He's got his hands on the ball a bunch of times, got his hands into throwing lanes, um, moves through traffic very well. Has like helped force out passes, and one time even drew Tyler Higby as his coverage assignment. Because as I keep reminding people, the first team offense often goes against the second team defense and vice versa, sort of a mental stress without um, doing best on best because that increases the injury risk when you do that. 
So um, the way that they design camp sort of decreases injury risk while increasing mental stress for both first team and second team. Um, and Traven Howard is moving great. Christian Roseboom's moving great. Um, Jake Gervais switched positions and is repping in as because they needed. Here's the thing. They needed a tandem partner because they're at an odd number of, of inside linebackers right now. So now you have you have guys that are paired off. And so um, I think that that's been really, really interesting. And I think um, Kenny Young, to me so far, seems to be leading that group, um, but all around just playing really confident. And I think those three in particular um, with a healthy dose of Traven and I think later in the year, healthy dose of Ernest Jones, you're just going to see a lot of rotation with those guys. Yeah, that, that really does seem to and, – and Kenny Young, definitely one of those hinge guys to where – I don't know whether you necessarily expected it coming into training camp. I, I'll admit that I didn't. I didn't really uh, see that coming. I mean, he had been a valuable kind of guy in kind of a, a spot role. He'd been great on special teams. Um, he'd, he'd flashed here and there, but wasn't somebody who ever really – he just he was kind of there. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't he wasn't bad by any means, but uh, really, really just wasn't the guy who was flashing a whole lot. But, but for him to step up into that role – I mean, really, like you said, Jordan, just makes everything else fit because it it puts Troy Reader right where you want him. And I have no idea how the you know snap percentages are, are, are going to end up playing out. But uh, probably, um, and I don't mean this is disrespect to Troy Reader, but probably got put into some situations over the last couple of years where he was playing a little bit um, over his head in, in terms of role or in terms of snaps or things like that. So to get him back into a spot where... Uh, it's a little more comfortable is, is only going to benefit everybody. And then I'm, I'm a big Traven Howard uh, guy too, just, just from watching him. So to, to have a guy like that who can, who can come in and he, I'm sure he will play a big role on special teams also because he has uh, when, when he's been healthy. Um, so, wow. To have a guy like that, who can, who can, you know, sub in or, or whatever it may be. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's great. And, and you mentioned uh, Ernest Jones, who's, who's a, you know, another a rookie, uh, who, who could have a bright future there. So uh, yeah, Jordan, that, that position went from being to me kind of being a question mark, a big question mark to being one that's kind of uh, solidified. And so if you're the Rams, you've, you've got to feel real, real good about that. Um, and, and then, and then the outside, we spent a lot of time talking, you know, kind of how that's going to line up. And I know this is obviously going to get lost in, in some of the offensive line uh, talk that, that we've been mentioning, but maybe maybe not some good news for, for Terrell Lewis. Uh, it seems like the knee might be acting up again, even though they've been trying very, very hard to manage that. So um, what's going on there and, and how does that impact uh, kind of what, what had seemed to be uh, a, a nice little uh, fit that, that they had with some of these other guys. Maybe it's still there. So, but but how does how's Terrell and and how's that impact? Maybe how those guys on the edge are, are going to line up. Yeah, I really feel bad for Terrell. Um, you know, obviously this is not something he can control, and it's been a recurring issue. We've talked about it on this podcast um, many times. It's been a recurring issue since you know he was in college. And it's a re- it's a, a thing that was flagged by most teams, if not all teams, through the draft, including the Rams, which is, again, they picked him in the third round thinking, hey, um, we just we'd like to get, you know, 25 to 30 snaps a game out of this guy. 
And we know that he can produce well in those snaps. And he did show that his rookie season when he was on the field, which was sometimes not often. He would be rotated in and out or he was hurt or dealing with some stuff. But in the snaps he did play, he used them really well and really efficiently. So they they came into this year hoping, hey, you know, let's let's try to manage him. And and I wrote about this in my column today. It's like um, that posted Monday morning. They basically are like, okay, so we don't have we have a three down pass rusher outside linebacker in Leonard Floyd. He can do everything. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. He can move laterally. He can get his body and his frame up in the throwing lane. Like he can do everything. Leonard Floyd's like their superhero basically, but they don't have an every down pass rusher or outside linebacker on the other side. So it's like in power Rangers when all of the power Rangers come together and build like a mega robot, like I think it's called a Megazord. <laughs> I put it in my, <laughs> I put it in my column. I was like, I went down a rabbit hole on that one too, by the way. Um, and it's like they they're building this like super rusher just by using specific skill sets because you can have Justin Hollins who's had a great camp. You can put him in when you need a guy with a little more length. He's a total effort player. He's had a really really Im- impressive camp, especially in pass rush situations. And again, he's good against the mobile quarterbacks. Um, gets his body in there. Um, they haven't been able to tackle to the ground, so I'm I'm assuming he's still improving and and continuing to to do well against the run because they really have been playing a lot of him opposite Leonard Floyd. At the same time, Obo Okoronkwo is having a heck of a camp and specifically honing some of those techniques in terms of his speed rush. So you have a combination like a one-two punch that you have with Hollins and Oboe, and I think that that's really intriguing and it also makes life total hell for an offensive tackle on the other side because he can't get into a rhythm if the guys are just constantly rotating so if you can be productive within that rotation and you don't necessarily need to be on the field you know for 15 snaps at a time in order to get there then and you can keep rotating then you are going to make life hell for the guy across from you and um i've really liked oboe we've talked about this at length on the on the podcast too like some of the technical stuff that he's added is really interesting and I think going to lend itself well to him being productive if he can stay healthy. And then you think that that those two can complement enough well enough for you to also put Terrell Lewis on the field and maybe you can manage his knee in that way where you're not only maximizing the efficiency of the other two players, but also for Lewis and maximizing his availability as well. But it, you know, he has a really good day and then he has to kind of sit out. And today, Sean McVay did issue maybe a little bit more concern than he has when I asked him about the knee in past sessions where he's like, oh, yeah, we're just managing it. We're being careful with it. But today he said, you know, his knee's acting up. So it's kind of like, is it more serious? We're just not sure. Um, and so I think it's just he's someone to watch in terms of um, – can can this really be sustainable? You know, I, I wouldn't expect him to play a lot in the preseason. They know the type of player they have in Terrell Lewis, and he's a great football player. It's just really hard, and I, th- I would imagine it's been mentally tough and frustrating for him too just to keep dealing with something like that. Um, and then I – today, you know, especially after pads go on and everything, a couple of guys who stood out to me, um, one of them is Justin Lawler, who's had a really good camp and looks like he might have a shot. He's kind of a bigger bodied outside linebacker. 
sort of like a, you know, maybe like a defensive end, except he's standing up and rushing. <laughs> um, and he um, he has, I think, a shot at backing up Floyd on that one side. Um, he's he's had a good camp. He had a really good day on Monday. Um, and he's he's physical. He's he talks a lot, which is always helpful when you're trying to get in the quarterback's head. Um, so I think that I think that that's been positive on that side. And I'm still keeping an eye on Chris Garrett, who has every single one of the mental and physical tools in his toolbox, um, but just needs more experience against sort of premier talent. So that's kind of how I'm watching that shake out. You know, I'm sure that uh, in my excitement of the day, I I forgot somebody, but um, those guys in particular, that rotation, and then those guys behind, um, behind the first team, I think have been, have been really interesting to watch. And, um, and, you know, I think the guys like Justin Lawler, they, you know, they could maybe surprise people here down the line. Yeah, he's always been an interesting guy, and it's 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 the fit to me is weird. You're, you're right, Jordan, because you know the the Rams drafted him when uh, you know obviously Wade Phillips was there, and and you know they went to the, the that three four you know base three four, and and then obviously sticks around through Brandon Staley, and now sticking around through Raheem Morris, and he's, he just he doesn't he doesn't really fit the systems necessarily. Like he's he's a little bit of a tweener just with his his he's listed at six four two sixty five. And um, you're right. I, I think if they were playing in a different type of you know base, you would probably look at him as as being more of a traditional defensive end. Um, but, but he stuck around all these years, even though he really hasn't you know played all that much, at least on defense. He's 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 stuck around because he's a good player. Um, and it's just I don't know whether he's been able to find that uh, that fit exactly uh, to to get on the field on on defense. But uh, you know maybe maybe that's starting to come around. Uh, but guys like that. And, and Justin Holland's another one, like in talking about, uh, you know, a, a guy like uh, a couple of these guys on defense, but but having Kenny Young, another one, um, having a Darius Williams last year, uh, guys who you need those guys to hit when when you spend so much of your money on quarterbacks, plural, as, as the Rams are doing this year and wide receivers and, you know, left tackle, whatever it may be, you've got to have those guys hit who, uh, you know, Kenny Young comes in as, as kind of a, you know, a throw in on the Marcus Peters trade. Uh, Justin Hollins was a guy, if I remember correctly, they got off of waivers uh, just right before the start of, of last season from Denver. Uh, Darius Williams, obviously a UDFA. Justin Lawler was a seventh round pick. Um, so you, you need these guys to, to kind of slot in there and and play uh, bigger roles uh, to, to complement when you're when you're pairing it, paying Aaron Donald that much money and paying uh, Jalen Ramsey that much money you you need to hit on some of these other guys so that's why I kind of call them hinge players just because they're they're the hinge that, that's going to make that defense kind of successful or not so so yeah if they can get a guy like Hollins again not a guy who uh, you know at the start of OTAs or, or whatever I, I expected to really have a huge role, but but it looks like he's uh, he's locking that down for himself, and then obviously looking like a great decision to to re-sign Leonard Floyd, uh, just the the way that he's going to fit in there. So <laughs> I am like, and I and yeah. Rich, and that's three times I've interrupted you, so you <laughs> have my permission to like snap a rubber band <laughs> on my wrist or something the next time you see me. But, no, no, no. Um, I, Leonard Floyd, I. I'm not even going to pretend to be bi- unbiased. Like Leonard yep. Floyd's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I've gotten to be around him a lot more um, and watch how he interacts with kids there who are um, like, 
you know, I tweeted out the the one kid who like yelled his name the entire practice right. to a couple weeks ago, and it just was like incessant, like w- like just was so determined. And Leonard finally they can't have contact with fans, so like Leonard turns around and throws him his glove. And plays the rest of the practice with only one glove. Not wise when you're like using your hands and fingers to like twist and pull against offensive linemen and all that. But like just was a really nice thing. And just like quietly goes about his business every day and like just shows up and quietly does his thing. And Raheem Morris, I think, described Leonard the best I've ever heard anybody describe Leonard Floyd. And he said, a lot of people think that Leonard Floyd is quiet. He's not quiet. He is to himself. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, damn, I that's like, like that. a re- I really like that. That's a great, like he just, that, that's Raheem Morris where he just cuts right to it, you know? Right, right. And it, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just like, it really is the best way I've ever heard anyone describe Leonard Floyd. Cause you know, and Rams fans who have now finally, and, and I'm so glad I finally had a chance to come out and watch these practices. They know they've seen it because he will go right. about his business the same way every single day. And he is to himself. But Raheem's also challenged him to mentor some of the young guys, and he's really taken Chris Garrett under his wing, and um, right. it's been fun to watch. So that's my that's my Leonard Floyd rant. I, I definitely interrupted you on that one, Rich. Sorry no, that. But, but really, I, I should have mentioned him also, and uh, credit credit to the Rams for this because he was another guy. Obviously, he they paid him very handsomely, and and he deserved to to get paid uh, this this past off season. But again, another guy they took a chance on who was stock was very low at the time. And uh, brought him in and not unlike, uh, you, you know, what they did the year before with Dante Fowler and obviously, you know, let him walk away and, and he got paid. But uh, the Rams did a really good job both. And that, that's what you have to. I mean, it's yeah, you can talk about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and, you know, some of these stars, but you're, you're not going to hold that thing together unless you have guys like this, like a Leonard Floyd or like a Kenny Young, you know, these uh, Justin Hollins. I mean, those are the guys who are really going to make or break um, your defense. And, and if those guys can slot in and, and play big roles, then then that that defense is looking uh, looking really good to me. So, Jordan, before we wrap up uh, preseason game Saturday, uh, going to be great for for fans to, to get back in there and watch the team. What are we expecting, though? I mean, uh, we anybody, you know, Sean McVay is not a, a, a player starters in preseason kind of guy. The Rams in previous years, obviously, there was no uh, preseason last year, but uh, you know, two years ago, Wade Phillips liked to play some of his uh, starters on defense. I don't know whether that carries over. What are is is there any <laughs> is there anything that we can learn from this coming game on Saturday, or is it really just going to be a chance for some guys to get out there and and run around? What are, what are you going to be looking at? Yeah, I'm definitely think there's a lot to learn from it in terms okay, of good. depth because you're always just you're as a team you're always as good as your second string, right? So I think that um, definitely watching depth at every single position. I'm particularly focusing on depth at corner. Um, Kareem Orr has really impressed the last few days um, at safety. Troy Warner and J.R. Reed have really impressed the last few days. And I think they're right in the mix for those five and six spots. And we'll definitely see that um, whether that's the case here moving forward. Um, you know, we'll see what the rush plan behind the guys is, you know, we'll see what the, what the young running backs can do. We know Daryl is not going to be playing, um, a single snap in the preseason. We know the offensive starters won't be playing a single snap in the preseason, but you're going to see like 
you know, what some of these younger guys, Jake Funk, I think is going to surprise some people. Xavier Jones, I think is going to surprise some people. Um, Jake Funk took a little screen pass today and took it to the house and ran really hard in doing that. And again, you can't tackle, uh, you can on Saturday, but you can't tackle in practice, but, um, he's just, he's a really hard runner. And I think a little bit more powerful than maybe people give him credit for, um, just knowing what he went through with the injuries. Um, Xavier Jones is really impressed. Um, obviously I'm looking at kickers, obviously I'm looking at long snappers and, and punters, um, and, you know, I just I, I think I don't expect uh, many, if any, starters to be playing. Um, you know, I guess we'll get maybe a little bit more answers uh, on the offensive line uh, coming up here on Saturday. It seemed like they're planning on playing a lot of Coleman Shelton because they held him out. He's having like a very minor toe issue and they held him out as an extra precaution today. So it seems like we might get a lot of Coleman Shelton at center, which would again, point us in a certain direction. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't, by the way, I don't think we're going to see John Walford at this one. For those who are catching up, John Walford had his appendix removed. Um, and he was on campus today, but was not participating. Uh, I, I did run into him. He said he's fine and seemed in good spirits. So um, he is back in the mix, but he is certainly, they're not going to risk uh, something serious happening to him fresh after surgery. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of Duck Hodges, a lot of Bryce Perkins. Duck Hodges took the second team reps today, um, by the way. He also took them on Saturday. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there in terms of how they distribute those reps between him and Bryce Perkins. And it's it's just going to be, I think, really, really fascinating and obviously a fun sort of reunion to see, um, you know, some of those those guys that were that are, I guess, just maybe one, Brandon Staley. It'll it'll be fun to see what he's been able to do with his group, and I don't expect many, if any, starters on his side to be playing either. Um, but it'll it'll be fun to also be hopefully down on the field pregame and kind of see the dynamics there, um, especially between him and Sean, and then sort of the competitiveness that uh, we saw a lot of last year during training camp and to see how those guys can or cannot sort of rein that in. Um, so it'll be fascinating. So lot, lots and lots to, di- to dissect and lots to, to sort of look into. Um, I- I'm really fascinated as a football fan, going to be fascinated to see how Brandon is running his system with different players um, and vice versa. I'm excited to see how Raheem is, is running that system. We know that he he took over Brandon's scheme and and had the um, I I think to me um, very very smart decision um, an impressive one considering every coach wants to do things his way quote unquote but Raheem said hey you guys are doing things well um, and so I'm not going to change a lot but here's I'm going to pull it a couple threads here and there and I, I'm excited to see what those threads are um, in real time and guys are just kind of going to get a feel for each other um, and I will leave. Rams fans with this, uh, in case you were wondering whether you had found your new kicker, um, I think you might be like all in on Matt Gay after you hear this. He got up on stage at, uh, at FanFest or it was kind of like, uh, you know, a bunch of legends were there and ran former Rams players and a bunch of fans were there today. And he got up on stage with the announcer and a PA guy and said over the PA, like, see you guys on Saturday where, uh, where we'll show, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, we're, we're, we will show that we're the real, the real Los Angeles team. 
Whoa. something like that. And Johnny Hecker was coming to the podium and Johnny Hecker goes, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> <laughs> in his very like Johnny Hecker way. And it right, was great. right. So right. in case you weren't sold on Matt Gay yet, which you should be because he's great. Right. Um, you probably are now. So I, I will definitely leave you guys with that. And right. if you are listening to this on Monday night, it is the last night to get our 50% off deal for new subscribers. However, Every day is a great day when you listen to the 11 Personnel Podcast because when you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, Rich. What is it? A great discount. A great discount. My favorite thing in the world. I love when you guys tweet it at me. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening, leaving reviews. Five stars, but we're biased. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. Follow Rich Hammond at Rich underscore Hammond. And uh, even when we're wrong, we sure love that you guys are with us along the journey. <laughs>